Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavruta Yardena Ozband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Megillah, daf kaf aleph, page 21. So with page 21, we end up in Parak Gimel, the third chapter of Masachet Megillah. And I, I like to say it's kind of a homecoming, right? For people who have learned Masachet Megillah, it's very often a familiar place to start, meaning for people who are not beginning daf, meaning for, oof, for the beginning of the whole Masachet, if you're going to learn a parak of Gemara, this is a pretty good one to learn for several reasons. One of them being that the subject material, and you'll see this momentarily, becomes also very familiar. It involves not just the Megillah, kind of moves past the Megillah to talk about other issues of the liturgy, including the Torah service, what we read, when we read, and so on. So the topics are kind of familiar to our experience, and the text itself is also, I think, very fairly accessible. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to begin the Mishnah. Yerdain, I know you're going to talk about some of the Gemara later on the daf. One who reads the Megillah can either be standing or sitting. Whether one person reads the Megillah, meaning from start to finish, or two people read it, meaning together, and we are going to talk about what does together mean, um, or the Gemara talks about what does together mean, then they also, they fulfill the obligation in the place where people are accustomed to recite a blessing over the reading of the Megillah, you should recite a blessing. And if you live in a place where they did not recite a blessing, you should not recite the blessing. Now, as far as I know, this is now a moot question, right? Meaning we all recite a blessing, or, or the reader recites a blessing over the reading of the Megillah. But this is when the, the halacha of this, or the practice of this was, much less firmly in place. And it seems that there were places where the custom was to do so and custom was to not do so, which I think is very interesting. Um, okay, the, the it's a reasonably long mission. It goes through a lot of different topics that then come up in different ways in the Gemara. So this is no longer talking about the Megillah. Now we're talking about Torah readings and specifically public Torah readings. And everybody knows this because this is the practice today as well. On Monday and Thursdays, meaning in the morning, right? They read the Torah. And on Shabbat in Bamincha, in the afternoon service, they're not talking about the Shabbat morning reading, just these extra readings that take place during the week. Korin Shlosha, what do they do? They read three aliyot. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, they do. In practice, what happens is they read the first aliyah of the seven of a Shabbat reading divided into three. That's usually the practice. You cannot have more or less fewer readers than three for these services, meaning that's how many you're supposed to have. Only three on a Monday, Thursday, Shabbos afternoon reading. Three aliyot. And you do not have a haftorah. You have the haftorah on Shabbat morning. There are fast days you have haftorah, right? But on these, you take out the Sefer Torah, you read your three aliyot for three different people, meaning that come up, and then you're done. That's it. The one who begins the reading and the one who concludes the reading from the Torah, they recite a blessing, meaning when the person goes up for the aliyah, one recites a blessing, and and then at the end. Now, this is really more different from what we do today. It used to be that people would go up for their aliyah, and what they did was they would read from the text of the Torah, and then the next person would come up and read from the text of the Torah, and then the next person would come up and read from the text of the Torah, and only the first person would make the opening bracha of the aliyah that we now think of what a person has when they or says when they have an aliyah, 
And then the last person would recite the closing bracha after the end of all of it. And the in-between people, they just did the reading of the Torah. They didn't have a blessing before and after. Nowadays, we think that someone has an aliyah from the Torah. What that means is the blessing before and after. And the Balkore, the Torah reader, reads the Torah. So all of this shifted and, and changed. And um, really, the Gemara gets into, you know, all of the details of how it happened, that they would change it, um, why they changed it. And and it's still, I would say, a pretty ancient practice, but not quite as ancient as the time of the Mishnah. Okay. When it's Rosh Chodesh or Cholamoid, Korin Arba, Arba'a. Then you read four aliyot, meaning four people go up to have their aliyot. Not three, not five. And you do not have Haftorah. Exactly as we said, the first and the last to go up have their respective blessings before and after. And then we have a general principle, which I always like when the Mishnah provides us with that kind of rule of thumb. Any day of the calendar year that has a Musaf prayer service, that has an additional prayer service, which means it corresponds to the Musaf that was offered the uh, the sacrifice that was offered in the temple. So, for example, Rosh Chodesh and Cholamoid in particular, Korin Arba. That's when you read four. That's when you have four aliyot. But Yom Tov Chamisha, when it's actually Yantif itself, Chag. That's when you have five aliyot. So Shavuot, let's say, or the any day of Sukkot or Pesach Yantif that it does not fall on Shabbat, you would have five. Shisha, we have six, and this is the way we practice now as well. Shabbat, Shiva, and here on Shabbat, the usual seven. There are times that we change the seven. The next line of the missions get explained. We don't take have any fewer than seven, but you could have you can have more than them. You do add, and we know this like when people have a simcha, for example, and they want to give out aliyot as an honor, a kibudim for their various family members or whoever, then one of the things that they can do is to break the text into smaller chunks, meaning you still only read that same text each week, but you can break it into smaller chunks and have, instead of having seven aliyot, you could have eight or nine or whatever. And again, the same system of the blessing in terms of the aliyot. So I, I really feel that we could read all of the words of this daf in terms of the interest in, of the practices and how they developed, um, specifically with regard to these readings. But we're not going to do that. I'm going to hand it over to you, Yardena, and take it away. So I think we're going to see, you know, a lot more of this unfold in the parak. Um, but, you know, we, this is where we basically learn all our halachot about what goes on in the Beit Knesset. It's kind of interesting that it ends up in Masachat Megillah, but I guess I can't think of another Masachat that it would, you know, end up in. Um, even though today, I think the way that we sort of celebrate Shabbat, you know, that's sort of where most people participate in shul and probably have exposure to aliyot and things like that. But our Masachat Shabbat is really more about like the malachot and what's allowed and not allowed. Um, so just from a structural point of view, I always found it interesting uh, that it ends up in Megillah. But again, I think because the whole topic is about reading something, so it sort of finds um, its place here. So one of the things that I want to explore is what's Ayamud Bet, which uh, discusses, you know, we talked about how many aliyot we have, but now it's going to get into a little bit more detail about the number of psukim. Um, and so it says the following. Um, 
So the Mishnah says that on Mondays and Thursdays and on Shabbat, three people are going to read from the Torah. So the question is, what is this three like? And, you know, we're going to see sort of things that are typically come in three that would make sense. Amar Ravasi, Kenegat Torah, Nevi'im, Mektuvim. Right? So Ravasi says it's like the three sections of the Bible, Tanakh. Rava Amar Kenegat Kohanim, Levi'im, Yisraelim. Right? And Rava says the three types of people who make up the Jewish people. Elahadatani Rav Simi. But now we have a brighter that Rav Simi taught. Right? And so we don't decrease fewer than 10 psukim to be read. So anytime we're reading from the Torah, it has to be a total of 10 psukim that are read. Right? And one of these, you know, generic verses, right, which always says like, right, um, basically uh, can be included in that count, okay, which is kind of interesting that it's sort of, the, it, there's a consideration here that maybe it's like a non-pasuk, Hani asarak connected me. And so the question is, what are the 10 supposed to be like, right? What is the 10 connected? I'm a Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. So Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi offers connected asarak batlanim, shivabet hakinesed. It's like the 10 batlanim. The 10 batlanim, I never liked the English translation. It's like the idlers. But the idea is, it was 10 men who didn't have to work. And they sort of would sit in the Beit Knesset, in the, in the synagogue, and make sure that there always was a minyan and that all the communal needs were taken care of. Um, so Rav Yosef says it's like the Ten Commandments. Rav Yosef says it's like the Ten Psalms that praise, that use the Hallelujah in Sefer Tehillim. It's like the Ten Mama wrote. If you look in Sefer Bereshit, the creation, right, it says by Yomer ten times, that God spoke ten times with the creation of the world, and that's what it is. Um, and then the Gemara wants to know, hey, nihi vayomer de Bereshit, right? What are these 10 utterances, right? It's in Bereshit. Hanatisha have. But then it says, wait, there's only nine. Bereshit nami ma'amarhu. So Bereshit is counted as one of the ma'amars. Dichti b'divar Hashem shamayim nasu b'ruch piv kol Because it, there's a pasuk in Tehillim, chapter 33, verse 6, that says, by the word of the mouth where the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Right? is that first pasuk. Here, this pasuk in Tehillim says it was bidavar Hashem. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think it's interesting that sort of uh, these particular, let's say, practices that have to do with the Torah reading, the three and the ten, it's not really based on psukim. And, you know, they're just sort of choosing numbers that have meaning. I was sort of surprised that they couldn't find a pasuk on which to sort of hang it on. Like, why should it be 10? Why should it be three? Um, and instead, it's almost like this is cute Torah, right? Like, we'll come up with something where three means something and where 10 means something. But again, I just want everyone to notice it's not based on a pasuk. Like, it, it, they don't hang it on any pasukim. And, you know, it's always interesting to see where they try to hang something on a pasuk and where they don't. And here they seem very comfortable not to hang it on one. Although I got to say, you know, if you woke me up in the middle of the night and said, all right, we want to say that this is a city, you know, this is, we're going to establish how many Betlanin should we have? How, like, quick, go, you know, I think it all kind of jumped to 10 because of the familiarity with Minion, which, you know, I know is also its own Limud, but like, right? Like, I feel like, wouldn't you default to 10 that that's like a critical mass? 
that that's the Jewish definition of critical mass. I guess so. Yes, I agree. I have to think about it. I don't know. You know, why didn't they come up with nine? Because it's three each, you know. And then the Gemara goes on in an interesting way, right, to talk about, you know, that whichever one reads the four, the four, right? Because if you have three Aliyot, someone's going to have to read four, that it's good if the first one does it or the, or the middle one does it or the last one does it. So I also thought that was interesting that they sort of not going to read that part. They sort of don't have like that one has to be the four. It can be very flexible, uh, which one which one it is. But they finally conclude with uh, Right, where Papa have, happens to be at the Beit Knesset, sorry, of Da'abi Govar, of Abi Govar, the first person who was called up read the four and Rapapa praised that. So they sort of come to the conclusion that it should be the first person, but it's interesting that they give praise to all three. So I, I just, again, for something as fundamental as sort of reading the Torah, it's interesting that it's not based on Psukim. That's all, I, I, like the numbers make sense, but I'm just surprised they don't hang it on anything that's from yeah, the Torah itself. I hear that. that. I that's hear the that. observation. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.